this with me. Say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Say that again. Say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because He has anointed me to hear and apply His Word. I'm about to know better so that I may do better, have better, and be better. I am becoming everything God has destined me to be. I am becoming everything the devil fears I'll be. I'm becoming everything the haters say I could never be. So after today, I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, slap three people, high five, and say it's all about the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. It's time to rise and shine. Amen. It's time to be that army we sang about this morning. Is that Wendy? Do I see Wendy? Hey, Miss Wendy, how are you? You came to see your grandbaby get baptized. So glad to see your face. Glad you're here. Amen. All right. Well, open up your note sheet and, and get out your pen and let's get ready to go. Let's, let's, let's hear the word this morning. We declared at the beginning of this year that this would be a year of tremendous fruitfulness. And that's one of the things we have for you as a gift over here is a bracelet that says tremendous fruitfulness on it. And then on the back side of it, it says chosen 2019. Because Jesus said, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. And I anointed you and I appointed you. I scheduled you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. See, God is calling us up to another level of living. Not just a level of living where we're trying to get ourselves straightened out, which that can be a lot of work. (laughs) You're looking at a real work from God right here because I was just a torn up mess. And God put me back together through the power of the Holy Spirit. But he didn't put me together just so he could say, Whoa, look what the Lord has done. It's so that I could reach other people. Amen. So the people could look at me and say, look what the Lord has done. Amen. And they can, um, so, so that you will make a difference in other people's lives. Like I said, we're all called to be ministers. Every single one of us are called to be ministers. Every member is a minister, and you should be living to affect other people's lives. When you live a life that's just all about you, and that's a miserable life, a selfish life that's just focused on yourself and you never are trying to help someone else, that is a terrible life, and that's not the life God wants you to have. There's great joy in reaching out to other people that you can't get anywhere else. After Jesus sent the 70 out, the Bible says they came back with joy. We return, the 70 return with joy. There's a joy that you get from reaching out to others you literally can't get anywhere else. Amen. So we're stretching, we're reaching for another level of fruitfulness in our lives. He said that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. He said, if you remain in me or if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask what you will and it shall be done by my Father in heaven. Whoo, that's a level I want to get to. Because I don't know about you, but I need my prayers to be answered. Amen. If I know His Word, if His Word abides in me, that's why it's so important you get in firm foundation leadership. So you know His Word, so you can ask according to His will, and it shall be done. That's the level of fruit bearing He wants us to get to. You're chosen for it. You're special. Would you turn and tell your neighbor sitting next to you, you're special. Turn and tell your other neighbor, you are special. God chose you to bear fruit. And that your fruit should remain. So we've been looking at the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Because God didn't just want us to to know the gospel or to tell the good news. He wants it to go out with power. There are certain spiritual um, endowments of uh, power that we're supposed to receive as believers. A lot of churches don't teach this anymore. Why? It makes us accountable. It's deep, number one. It's deep. It's deeper than just Jesus loves you. A lot of churches are full of that. And I ain't mad at them because we all need to know Jesus loves us. But there's another level that he means for us to get to than just Jesus loves me. Amen. It's that you start telling people Jesus loves you. That you become a minister. Amen. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. There's some stuff you ought to know that you can't get out of a book. You can't learn it anywhere. They can't give it to you on your job. It's something that you, you can't get from your personality. And I know some people can be intuitive. But I'm telling you, there's a power that comes from God that will cause you to know something you had no way of knowing. 
give you a wisdom to know how to walk out a situation that you had no way of knowing how to do it. And, and you, we could think we're so smart, but that's the power of God in our lives. And then faith. He gives you the gift of faith that goes beyond saving faith. It goes beyond um, even systematic faith. If you speak to a mountain, it'll move. I'm talking about where you're the only one who gets out of a boat like Peter did. Well, everybody else is on the boat. You're standing out on the water saying, what's wrong with the rest of y'all? Because God's given you the spirit of faith. Amen. This is a special spiritual energy and endowment that comes from the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't get it anywhere else. You know, it's wonderful and it's exciting to know that we have begun to activate the very destiny and reason that God put us here. Acceleration Church, we are on to something. We are on, we are on to something here. We are really, there's no way we can go back. There's no way to go back to low living after you've begun to live seated with Christ in the heavenly places, far above principalities and powers. When you live at this, you can't go back. There's nothing, there's no, there's no going back. I know I'm right. So we got to do the works that he sent us to do. Be filled with the spirit of God. Look at 1 Corinthians 12, 1. Now look, God wants you to understand about these spiritual endowments. You know, you think where you hear people speaking in tongues, what in the world is going on? You think, oh my gosh. Well, see, God doesn't want us to be confused or misinformed about the endowments of the Holy Spirit. He wants us to know what it means. Look what it says here. Now, about the spiritual gifts. Look at this. The special endowments of supernatural energy. Brethren, I do not want you to be what? Misinformed. One scripture says ignorant, where you just haven't ever known about it. Nobody did. That's in the Bible. And that's literally the way I was when I found out what the, what the Holy Spirit brings to your life. I was like, how did I not know this is in the Bible? I only know about Jesus dying for my sins. How did I not know about the power of the Holy Spirit? And so God doesn't want us to be misinformed or ignorant about this. First Corinthians 12, 7 through 11. Listen to this now. But the manifestation of the Spirit. We've been teaching on this for several weeks now. This is lesson number seven of the Holy Spirit. We're on the seventh gift of the Spirit. So the ones that are underlined are the ones that we've already talked about. If you want to go back and catch up, and I strongly urge you to do that, you can go on the Acceleration Church app, and you can listen to any sermons that we preach here absolutely free of charge, 24-7, 365. Amen. Amen. So download the app, and you can listen to what these are all about. But look at it. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Verse 8. For to, for to one is given the word of wisdom. And this is where God drops wisdom on you to walk out a situation in a way that you had no other way of knowing how to do it. A good illustration of that is when Jacob was getting taken advantage of by his boss. And his boss said, okay, well, you can have the, the spotted and the streaked animals and I'll take the solid animals. Or you take the solid animals and I'll take the streaked. I can't remember how, how it went. But anyway, he gypped. He gypped uh, Jacob because he took the ones that he told Jacob he could have out before he ever got to pick his out. So he's got none. All he's got is, is, is uh, you know, solid color animals. Solid colored animals don't have spotted animals. Genetics don't work that way with animals. So God gave him a word of wisdom. He said, just peel branches and lay them in the water. And when the animals come to mate, they'll make spotted and streaked animals. And what happened? They made spotted and streaked animals. God gave him a supernatural wisdom about a hand, how to handle a situation. See, we would want to go jack him up. We want to go jack him. Come on, tell the truth. We would want to go jack Laban, you, you going down, bro. You gypped me. But no, God gave him supernatural wisdom. And see, you can hold your peace and God will give you a wisdom to walk something out that's supernatural. He's still a supernatural wonder-working God. He's the same God who opened the sea, who parted the sea for the Israelites. He's the same one who shut the lion's mouth. Same one who caused a fish to swallow up uh, Jonah. Same one who told Noah to build a boat. There's a flood coming. He's a supernatural God. Amen. And then he'll give you a word of knowledge. He'll drop some knowledge on you, something you didn't know, something you had no way of knowing. Here's when Jesus was with the woman at the well. And the woman at the well was um, came and uh, Jesus said, you know, if you'd ask me, I'd give you living water and you wouldn't have to come here to draw anymore or something like that. And she said, oh, you got water? You ain't got no bucket. The water's kind of deep. How are you going to give me some water? Jesus said, you want the water? She said, yeah, give me this water. He said, go call your husband and tell him to come here. She said, I don't have a husband. He said, you're right, you don't have a husband because you had five husbands. And the one you're living with now, he ain't your husband. <gasps> How did you know that? <laughs> By the Spirit of God. That's a word of knowledge. And God will tell you about something in a situation. Why? So you can embarrass someone? No. Jesus did that to get her attention. 
A word of knowledge gets somebody's attention. When you speak something that only they and God know, how many of you know, suddenly you has their attention. Amen. Hallelujah. So that's a word of knowledge uh, through the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit. That's like when Peter got out of the boat and the rest of them were on the on the water. I mean, in, in the boat, Peter got out and walked on the water to another gifts of healings by the same spirit. God is still a healing God today, a miraculous, wonder working, healing God today. He said, I'm the same yesterday, today and forever. I am the Lord. I change not. I'll do a new thing, but you can count on me. If I said I'm a healer, I'm going to be a healer. If I'm a God who said he's present, I'm going to be present. If I said I'll be a shepherd, you can count on me to lead you. Come on. If God said a chicken dip snuff, you better look under his wing for the can, right? Because when God says something, he means it. Hallelujah. So gifts of healings to another, the working of miracles. So miracles are, are part of what God still does through the body of Christ, through you and me. And then to another prophecy. We talked about that last week and this morning. Shantae came up and she had a prophetic word for the praise team. And it almost matched exactly what I said on the, on the, on the call yesterday as I was praying. It was almost exactly the same. God's about to do something wonderful through your praise team, Tamar. Amen. You better receive it. Hold on to that thing. All right. To another discerning of spirits. That's what we're going to talk about today. And then coming up, it says to another different kinds of tongues. Anything you wanted to know about tongues, be here next week and we're going to settle it. Amen. Different kinds of tongues, speaking in different tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one in the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he will. So these are gifts that the Holy Spirit pours out. As they're needed. Amen. As they're needed. Okay. Ephesians 4, 11 through 12. I just wanted to put this in here so that y'all could know this is true. Ephesians 4, 11 through 12. It says, He himself gave some to be apostles. Underline that. Some prophets. Underline prophets. Some evangelists. Underline it. Some pastors and some teachers. For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. So who's supposed to be doing ministry? Y'all the saints. Saints are not dead people. Hanging on the walls in the Catholic Church. It's not somebody you wear on a necklace that you pray to. That's not what the saints are. Y'all are the saints of God. We are the saints of God. And so he gives some the fivefold ministry, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists. He raises people up to, to um, equip you to do the work of the ministry. So that's why you need these gifts of the Spirit. So you can do your ministry. When you leave out those church doors, it is not so you can just feel good about yourself. I went to church. I feel so good. It ain't about that. You're entering your mission field. When you walk out those doors, you ought to just be rabid. Where is my first person? Who am I going to talk to today? Who do you want me to talk to, God? You, it's like you come to the gas station. Do you go to the gas station to get filled up and sit there? You get filled up at the gas station so you can. Right. So you're here today to get filled up so you can. That's what I'm talking about. Y'all are alive this morning. Praise the Lord. So I want everybody to focus on your one for next week. Invite somebody to come to church. Invite somebody to know Jesus. Just share your faith with them and invite them. To, if you could just get them here, I believe the Spirit of God will get them. Amen? So you're, focus on your one. That's your ministry assignment from your pastor this week. Work on your one for next week to get them in church. Amen? I, I pray we have to pull out everything that you can sit on for people to sit in here. Amen? I just pray we run out of chairs. Stand in room only. I pray people are standing in line to get in this church. Hallelujah! Because God is moving here. All right, number two, the gift of discerning of spirits. That's what we want to talk about today. So look at the definition there. Discerning of spirits is the ability to know the spirit operating behind a person, activity, or situation. It's kind of like when some, sometimes people tell me, Pastor, I had the weirdest dream last night, and they'll tell me what their dream was, and if I, don't, if I can't tell them some spiritual meaning that I feel like it has, I'll say, well, you know, dreams come from three places. They come from God, they come from the devil, and they come from eating too many strawberries. So there's the spirit of man, there's the spirit of God, and then there are demonic presences that try to influence us. Amen? So we, God gives us discernment so we can tell what's coming from where. What are we dealing with here? Because we are spirit beings and we're dealing in a spirit world. That all, that's all around us. I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay, discerning of spirits does not mean just to discern or to be aware of something. That word discerning means to judge, dispute, and contend. So it could also be disputing with spirits, contending with spirits. And the good news is we have the power to deal with them. That's the good news. So spirits are angels, 
demons. They're demonic presences, Satan and demons. Those are, those are spirit beings. And then there is the Holy Spirit. So Hebrews 5.14, I want you to hear this scripture because this is solid food. This is solid food. And we're, the Bible says that babes in Christ desire the sincere milk of the word. And that's important that we get grown up, that we get enough milk that we're able to handle. You know, it's pretty soon a child grows teeth, right? And they want, they want a chicken leg. Amen. Or, or they want a steak. They want, they want, they want to eat, you know, full grown people food. And so this is full grown people food right here. So I'm telling you, don't choke. Chew it up good. Swallow it, digest it. Amen? And you're growing to another level. If you're going to be a grown person, you've got to have grown food. This is grown people food right here, okay? Look at what this says. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. So when you get mature, you'll be able to discern. And it's a gift of the Holy Spirit. It's a gift that comes from Him. Where everything looks good... On the surface, but something in you says, something ain't right here. It all looks good. He's so handsome. He's so wonderful, but something ain't right. He's saying all the right stuff, but... Is it gas? Is there something going on with you? I'm going to just draw a line and pray for a minute. That's a check in your spirit. God's letting you know something ain't right. Something ain't right. Especially if you're a Christian, you're a believer. You have times where you fast and you pray and you spend time with God. The Holy Spirit is, is in your life. You just discern some stuff. Everybody else is going, what's wrong with you? And you're like, hold up. Because you have that discernment that comes only from God. Amen? So this is solid food. Okay, number one. We coexist with the natural and the spirit world. There is the spirit realm that is just as real as the material world that we see everything. We are coexisting with a spirit realm. We are not very aware. You'd be shocked if you, if you could see the angels standing all around in this place. If you could see the demons that came in with people or that are just lurking around looking for somebody to jump on, you'd be shocked. Thank God we can't see it. But it's just as real as the world that you see. In fact, it's more real because everything that was made in this realm was made from that realm. It was from over here in that dark, in the, in the darkness, in the chaos, from the spirit realm where God is spirit. He said, let there be light. And there was light. So everything in the natural realm was made from the invisible realm, that spirit realm that we cannot see. There's the visible realm and the invisible realms. Everybody get that? All right. And so that's where the spirits are. And for the most part, we're not conscious of that world. But believe me, they are very conscious of us. So God only calls us not only to be conscious of it, but to rule over it. We're supposed to be ruling and reigning. See, that's why I'm saying we can never go back to low living once we know what's going on and you know what it is that's happening. You know, the Bible says, like in your marriage, you'll win them without a word. Wives, you don't have to nag. You don't have to say anything. Just let him see your, your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. Just let him see you loving on the Lord. Just you get in your prayer closet and pray and watch God do a work from the invisible realm. Amen. So to rule over things, rule over situations. So the Bible teaches us that, that, that the spirit world is very conscious of us. Number two, the spirit world has tremendous influence on our lives. This spirit realm influences us in our lives. Sometimes we think it's just a, a thought, but it is not. You, that's why the Bible says you've got to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ that tries to, tries to raise itself up against the knowledge of God. You get a freaky thought. Come on, y'all, don't act like y'all don't get the freaky thoughts. We all get the freaky thoughts. You get a freaky thought, a stupid thought. You get a thought, and you think it's just you thinking. No, that's, those are fiery darts that come from the wicked one. And see, the Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. See, he wants to get a toehold. If he can get a toehold in your thinking and get you thinking wrong just a little bit, he wants to get a toehold so he can get a foothold. If he can get a foothold, he can get a stronghold. And if he gets, gets a stronghold, then you got to be delivered. So don't give, don't give any room to the devil. Don't let, don't let him rent space in your head. Kick him out. It's a, it's a freaky thought. It's a thought that's stupid. It's a thought that doesn't line up with his word. Don't let it stay. Amen. So this influence is for good and it can be for evil. 
So in the spirit realm all around us, there are A, angels. There are angels. The Bible tells us that, that we have ministering spirits, angels from heaven that are on assignment to take care of us. Look at what the word says here. Hebrews 1.14. Are not all angels ministering spirits? Underline that. Ministering spirits. Angels are ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation. How many of you inheriting salvation? How many of you saved? Going to heaven. Believe in Jesus Christ. Amen. I know there's more of you than that. Amen. Then look at Psalm 91, 11 through 12. It says, For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you, accompany defend and preserve you they have a job to do in all their ways of obedience and service in their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone so their job is to protect you and to keep you amen all right um and to preserve you to accompany you matthew eighteen ten in the message says what watch that you don't treat a single one of these childlike believers arrogantly You realize, don't you, that their personal angels are constantly in touch with my Father in heaven. Whoa. People's angels are constantly... In one translation it says their angels see the face of God every day. They see the face of my God every day. You could kind of stand with your head kind of up and your shoulders sort of back. My angels are in the face of God every day. And they're getting assignments from the Father to take care of me. Hallelujah, ministering spirits. Hebrews 13, 2. It says, be ready with a meal or a bed when it's needed. Why some have um, extended hospitality, hospitality to angels without ever knowing it. Sometimes angels are in our midst and we're unaware that, that, that they're angels. We just think they're people. Amen. So the angels are very real. They're very real and part of that spirit realm that's all around us. And then B, there's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in the spirit realm. And the Holy Spirit influences us from the spirit realm. John 14, 16 through 17. Jesus said, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. So he's with you, and he's a helper. The spirit of truth, whom the world can't receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. The Holy Spirit of God. He's in, he's in me, in my spirit. I don't know how he could be in me and in you at the same time, but I know it's true because the word says so. He's with me and he's in me and he influences me. He's the one talking to me. He's the one who'll drop that word of knowledge, that word of wisdom. He's the one who gives me faith. He's the one who talks about Jesus, who, who lifts me up. Amen. He's a helper. He's transforming us from glory to glory. That's a work of the Holy Spirit from the fear, from the spirit realm. He takes you from glory to glory. To glory. It's like we're on a potter's wheel and he's the one who's working on us day by day to make us more into the image of Christ. How many of you want to be more like Christ? Come on, it's the influence from the spirit realm where the Holy Spirit working with the word. It's with the word as you continue to hold in the word of God as in a mirror. It's like anybody ever read the word if you feel like you're looking in a mirror? It's the only thing you read that reads you back. It's, it reads you back, but it, but it shows you something about yourself and the Holy Spirit urges you up towards God. It's never to condemn you or to make you feel bad about yourself. That's not God didn't come to condemn the world, but that through him the world would be saved. So he always points you up and towards Jesus. Isn't that awesome? Oh my gosh, it's so good. So that's the power of the Holy Spirit. He convicts us of sin. When you feel convicted, when you, you hear that, don't, don't say that. Or, or here's the here's the one that really gets you. You about to you about to blast somebody out on on Facebook, and you about to hit sin. He said, "Don't you do it? Don't you do it? You got to hit delete." That's the Holy Spirit who convicts you of those kind of things. He reminds us of the Word. He reminds you of all things. Jesus said, "Reminds you of everything I said." He's the one who leads you. He's the one who speaks to you. He's the one who comforts us. He lets us know what's happening ahead of time. He said, I don't do anything. I don't let my prophets know ahead of time I'm going to do something. Knowledge, wisdom, prophecy, and it's all for our benefit and so that we'll have victory in life and also so that we'll be a witness. The power of the Holy Spirit was mainly sent so they would be a witness. He told them to go into all the world and preach the gospel. But wait, don't go until you're filled with power. Until you're filled with power from on high. This power that comes from the spirit realm and fills you up with power. Amen. But there's another realm of spirit beings that are opposed to your walk with Christ. 
These spirits hate you. They hate you because they hate God. And you're made in the image and the likeness of God. They come only to steal, kill, and destroy. They they nothing good about a demon. Nothing good. And, and they, you don't owe them anything but to cast them out. Tell them they got to go. You tell them what to do. So see, Satan and demons. Satan and demons. And we always write Satan with a little S. He doesn't get a capital on his name. In fact, write it real small. Satan and demons. First Peter 5, 8. It says, be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary who? The devil. What does he do? He's in that spirit realm and he walks about like a roaring lion. Seeking someone he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith. So you, we have to resist him. He's in the spirit realm, but he's always coming at you. He's always looking for an opportunity. After he had tested Jesus, the Bible says he withdrew to wait for a more opportune time. So he's waiting to catch you unaware. He's waiting to catch you. That's, that's, how, that's how those big cats, lions do. They wait to catch the fringes of the herd, the ones that are on the fringes who aren't paying attention, the sickly, the young, the uninformed, those that don't know no better. Amen. That's why it's important that you get grown up. Amen. Amen. So resist him steadfast in the faith. Ephesians 6, 12. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. You know what you need to know? It's not your boss you're fighting with. It's not your spouse you're fighting with. It's demonic powers. It, it, is, it is, look what it says here. But against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. So your battle is not with people. Your battle is with an, an unseen realm full of demonic power. Three, here's the good news. Now we know what it is. Now here we're going to find out what to do about it. Jesus has given us authority over Satan and demons. So we have what's called exousia in the Greek is the word for power. He said, behold, I give unto you the authority or power to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. How much? How much of authority do we have over him? All of him. Oh, there's not one demon that doesn't have to listen to what you say. There's not one. That's more powerful from you. Even Satan himself. You are more powerful. In the name of Jesus, they will cast out demons. Jesus said that. It's written in red. You can go to the, the, the end of, is it Matthew or Mark? Mark chapter 16, 17 and 18. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. Jesus wrote it. It's in red. I was astounded at the things Jesus said I had never heard of. That we would cast out demons. Because, you know, I watched, I watched the exorcist. Threw the priest down the stairs and head spinning around and I was scared. See, we don't need to watch that trash because it's not true. I saw that and I thought, well, that's true. That's the way, that's the way it goes. If you mess with a demon, that'll throw you down the stairs. No, that demon's going out the window. The demon's going. I like, who was it? Um, I think it was, uh, uh, Kenneth Hagen. No, Lester Sumrall. Was in South America somewhere. And you know, there's lots of that, uh, voodoo and witchcraft and stuff down down there and so he's in this little hut and he's sleeping there getting ready to preach the gospel the next morning and he said a demonic spirit came in through the window came to came to his bed and moved his bed with him in it across the room and he woke up he said satan is that you you put my bed back where it was the bed wasn't moving right back over he said now you get out of here and don't you ever come back See, we don't have to be afraid. I'm not thinking to run. Where can you run to if it's a spirit? We handle it. We have, this stuff is very real. But see, if he can convince us that it's not real, you won't ever rise up and fight. And see, this is a warfare lesson, so get ready. Get ready when you go home to fight. Amen? All right. So where was I? Okay. Uh, nothing shall by any means over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt. What do you mean moving my bed? You better put my bed back where it was. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Hallelujah. Matthew 16, 18. And upon this rock, Jesus said, I will build my church, my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. So listen to what it says right here, amplified. And the gates of Hades, the powers of the infernal regions, shall not overpower it 
or be strong to his detriment or hold out against it. When we had, uh, two weeks ago, we had a young man came in. We were just having a nice little prayer service. We were praying over the church, and, and I asked him to come in so I could pray over him. I knew that he was on drugs, but I had no idea that he was going to manifest demons in this, that he just fell down to the floor, was trying to choke himself. He was wiggling around, and it was, how many, how many of y'all are witnesses? We talked about it last week. They were here. It was like I'm saying. It was scary. It was scary for a minute, but we, but we stood and we, and we, we did not, we were not afraid, um, of what was going on, but we cast that thing out that we got a word of knowledge. There were like 13 demons. He had been, he was from Guam and he had been, uh, like a witch doctor back in his hometown. So look, that opened up the door for all kinds of demonics. That just, that just says, y'all come on in when you do that kind of stuff because you open yourself up for demonic possession, not just oppression, but possession. So he had, he, he was pulling on his ears and trying to choke himself, trying to rip his own foot off. And, and it, and it went, it went on for like two hours. And when we finally got him to leave, he didn't want to leave after, you know, we finished praying over him and everything. And then he'd talk, he'd be in his right mind for a minute, but then he'd go back and he was still very high from drugs so we got him to finally leave and i guess about a week later he came back and you know we all began to feel that we cast that devil out why did he seem like he was still all full of demons when he left but see the scripture says it will not hold out against it and we had told them to go and they ha- those demons have to obey our voice so he came back about a week later and then i saw him again this week totally different human being the guy is free he's free he came in and was talking normally, had his little girl with him. He was just as normal as you or me. No problems. Just totally delivered. That's a good place to shout and say amen. So, so even though it looked like they were holding out against us, this scripture says that the, that, that the, the powers of the infernal region shall not overpower it or be strong to its detriment, detriment or hold out against it. He could not hold out against us. Whatever demonic forces were in there had to come out. The guy is totally normal now. We saw, we, we saw him this, just this week. Pastor Robert, you saw him. And? No, he, he sure wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, he was flipping all over the stage and flipping around and doing contorting and doing things. But when we saw him, he was just as normal and wonderful. See, see, a lot of churches don't talk about this. And the devil would love for churches to not talk about this. Keep you ignorant about it and you not know it. You just go on thinking, oh, well, that's just Joe I'm dealing with. It's not Joe. It's the spirits that are, that are, that are bothering Joe that we have to stand up and take authority over. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Let's see. Where are we? Um, okay. Uh, yeah, in front of the strongest are holding. Okay, number four. The Bible tells us that we should prepare ourselves to stand against the strategies of the devil. He said that we should take up or put on the whole armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith with which you can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I'm sorry somebody told you that you're on a cruise ship, but this is a battleship. You, you are, you are in the military. There's an army and we are that army and we gotta rise up and begin to fight and be the warriors that God's called us to be. And we hold the shield of faith that we charge forth with the word of God. Amen. We open our mouths. We ain't even got to be ugly. We ain't even got to get loud. We don't even have to raise our voice because we does the police officer have to say <laughs> give me your driver's license and registration right now in the name of the state of texas do they have to do that you would think there's something wrong with them if they did that okay here you go you got the badge you can have what else you want you can have it all Amen, because they, they don't have to do that because they have a badge. They have authority. We have authority. We don't even have to yell. We don't even have to get loud. Amen. So, But we should prepare ourselves. Look at Ephesians six ten and 11. Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So what are the wiles? Um, it's the word methodia, which is where we get our word method. So that you can stand against the methods, the trickery, the lying in wait of, of, of the devil. Amen. So you'll be able to, to you've got to be prepared to handle them. Number five, demonic spirits are masters of deception. 
They are masters of deception. He's, he's a liar. He's the father of lies. That's who he is. When he speaks a lie, he's just speaking from who he is because he is a liar and the father of lies. So Genesis 3.1 says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast. You see, he's slick. That's why you don't see him coming. You see all the scams and things that are out there now that seem so good and people fall for them? Because scammers are good. The devil's like a scammer. He's, he's like, he's like a, a counterfeit. And a counterfeit's real close to the real thing. So he's subtle, clever, crafty. That's what cunning means. So that's why we need the gift of discernment and discerning a spirit so we can discern deception in people. We can discern deception in, 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 all, in everything. 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. For Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. So he'll try to, it'll appear as something good. It'll look like something great. It'll look like something wonderful. But the discerning of the spirits that the Holy Spirit gives you, say, uh-uh, put the brakes on. Pump the brakes, baby. Something ain't right. Amen. It's the discerning of spirits. John eight forty four. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. For he is a liar and the father of it. Y'all say the devil is a lie. Because he is a lie. That's what he is. He is a lie. Matthew 24, 24. In the last days, Jesus said. Now, that's why we need to be on our toes. Because if you haven't noticed, we are living in the last days. Look what it says here. For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. That's why this church is going to preach the truth and tell you the truth. So that you're armed and you can do something about it. Amen. So look, to deceive if possible, even the elect. So even if you see somebody doing great signs and wonders, you've got that discernment. If it's not of God, you've got that discernment that says, oh, wait a minute, no, this ain't God. Or it doesn't line up with the Word. You can always take it back to the Word and say, no, this don't line up with the Word. Amen. All right, NIV says, for false Christs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonder, uh, miracles to deceive even the elect, if that were possible. See, I've told you ahead of time. See, Jesus is saying, I've told you ahead of time. First Timothy 4.1, the Spirit clearly says that in latter times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. You know, I was reading yesterday about pastors who've lost their faith but are still staying pastors. They say, I've lost my faith. But they stay pastors and people still follow them. I'm telling you, we're living in a time that I've never seen before. So we have to be on our toes, family. That's why God gave us this gift from the Holy Spirit, so that we can, we can know who to listen to, because you can't listen to just anybody. You can't let just anything go into your spirit. And you not be filled with the Holy Ghost enough to recognize what's what's right so that's why i always give you proof text for whatever i'm saying I, that's why there's so many scriptures on your paper right there that i had to make it a smaller font this week why because we got to take it back to the word amen. amen so there's not many churches that are still teaching about the gifts of the spirit but this is the deep things of god and these are the things that god wants us to talk about all right the spirit of the world has affected the church when the spirit of the church should be affecting the world is that a blank did i put that down on your thing as a blank Okay, yeah, I forgot to put it on there, but, but, but get this. The spirit of the world has crept in and affected the church rather than the spirit of the church affecting the world, which is what God meant to do. That's what he means for us to do, that we are the spirit. The spirit of God in us should be affecting the world rather than the world spirit coming and creeping in. We have to resist that mess, y'all. We have to resist it. Amen. So deceivers are going to be popping up. That's why he gives us discernment. So deceptive words can seem sincere, but behind it it's not. It's just like a lure, like a fishing lure. It always has a hook behind it. It looks good. It looks like the real thing, but there's a hook behind it. Amen. So look, demons have no problem telling some of the truth to hide their deception. Did you hear me? There'll be a little smidgen of truth just to make it look good. That's why every scam's got a little truth in it to make it look good. Okay, look here. Paul and Silas were, were preaching the word of God in Acts chapter 16. And look at this. Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with the spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. She was a psychic. 
the girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the, the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. Now it sounds like what she's saying is right, right? But what she was trying to do was align herself with the truth so she could continue to do her psychic palm reading. So when Paul and Silas were gone, I was right up there with them saying that they teach the word of God so that she can draw people away once they were gone. See that? And this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed. You know what? I think we need to get annoyed. I think we have not been getting annoyed. We've been just living with it and settling with it. We need to get annoyed. He said he turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. I just noticed that when I was putting this sermon together. He came out that very hour. That means he maybe he didn't come out right then. Maybe she kept on hollering. But Paul did his part and went on his way. But she came out. he came out that very hour. That's good. So if you don't see them get delivered right that moment, you've got to say to yourself, I told you what to do, and I know you know you got to do what I said to do. So, so it's, it's done. You know you're coming out. You know you're coming out. You have to. Wow, that's so good. So she was hoping to lure people off to herself so she could continue to deceive them. She was a psychic. She was a fortune teller, a palm reader, an astrologist. Y'all don't fool with that stuff. Don't fool with that stuff. Um, Long Island medium, don't watch it. Don't watch that stuff. Um, even if they say they're Christians, oh, well, but we're not that kind. We're, we're Christian psychics. You still talking to devils. I don't want to hear nothing you have to say. Like, who's this one down here in the mobile home on 1960? Y'all know what I'm talking about as you go that way. It's on the left-hand side. Spiritualist Teresa. Yeah, oh, she's a master. Is she such a master psychic? Why is she in a trailer all on 1960 looking all jacked up, tore up, messed up, tore down? If you know so much, why, why don't you win the lottery? Why, why are you, why is your car all broke down looking on the front? If you know so much, Amen. So, so don't fool with that stuff, y'all. Don't, don't fool with it. Amen. Amen. Leviticus 19.31. Do not turn to mediums or seek out spiritists, for you will be defiled, unclean by them. I am the Lord your God. What does defiled mean? Contaminated, polluted, utterly unclean. You open the door. Jesus called them unclean spirits, right? So he says, what does he say? You'll be defiled or you'll be unclean by them. So Jesus called them unclean spirits. Matthew 12, 43, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. So when you fool with that kind of stuff, you open up a door for the enemy to come and have a legal right to come in and tear up your life. Look what the next scripture says. This this is going to jack us up right here. Leviticus 20, verse 6 through 7. And the person who turns to mediums and familiar spirits to prostitute himself with them, I will set my face against that person and cut him off from his people. Consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am the Lord your God. So if you've ever gone to see a psychic, you've ever gone to see a, a, a medium or a tarot card reader or any kind of witchcraft or that kind of thing, you need to renounce it. And shut the door. So let's just renounce it right now. Everybody just say this. Just just say in the name of Jesus. I renounce. Anyway. That I ignorantly. Or on purpose. Opened a door in my life. Through psychics. Or witchcraft. Or demonic. Of any kind. To allow demonic forces. To enter my life. I command. Any demonic force hindering my life to exit now. And I forbid you to ever return in Jesus' name. And look, Ouija boards, that kind of thing, you need to throw that stuff away. Don't you allow that junk in your house. That opens the doors for devils to come in. I I knew a a guy in California whose daughter went crazy. One day she was a normal 15-year-old child, and the next day she was literally in the insane asylum because she went crazy and he called me and said i don't know what happened to danielle i don't know what happened to her and and i said i got a word of knowledge i said does she have a friend with a ouija board did she play with a ouija board i think she played with a ouija board he asked her she said yes we did and 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 he said i said where is it is it in your house he said i don't i don't i don't know 
He asked her, and she wouldn't tell him where it was. God gave me a word of knowledge. I saw a picture in my mind that this Ouija board was in a boat that was covered up. Sure enough, the friend that she had been hanging out with had hidden the Ouija board away from her parents inside this boat that was covered up with a tarp. So I told him to get it, and you need to set it on fire in the backyard. Just set it on fire and have her renounce it, pray over her. So he gets her out, out back with the 50-gallon drum, and he, he, he's got the Ouija board uh, in his hands. Or she's holding, I think she was holding on to it. Yeah, she was holding on to it because she was going to, he was, had made the fire, and he was going to say a little prayer before she put it in the fire. And so he's got his eyes closed, and he's saying a prayer. And before he knows it, she's got the Ouija board trying to jump over the fence. He's grabbing her and grabbing the Ouija board and trying to pull her back over the fence. I'm telling you, this is not anything for you to play with. And you, parents, you need, to, you need to educate your children. Don't you allow your children to just be doing anything in your house and think, oh, well, it's just nothing. It has very serious consequences. So that girl got delivered. They moved to Houston, to Texas, and she got saved and delivered and is totally living. She's a nurse now, living a totally just wonderful life. Amen. But don't don't fool with that stuff, especially those Ouija boards, any of this spiritual stuff where you're, you know, whatever. Don't don't do that stuff. Amen. Repent, repent from it and tell your children you're not doing it. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We're not bringing that foolishness in this house. We don't need help from demons. We don't need to be, you know, telling, you know, spirits or inviting spirits. You know, you don't do, we don't play with that. We are Christians. The only spirit allowed in this house is the Holy Spirit. You ought to go home, anoint your house with oil just in case. Open up the front door and tell every demonic spirit, I give you exit right now and don't you ever come back. Amen. All right. What are we on? Number six. Discerning of spirits reveals the, reveals the source of a person's words or actions. Jesus asked the disciples, who do men say that I am? And they gave all different kind of answers. He said, well, who do you say that I am? Who are you listening to? Who are you listening to, guys? Matthew sixteen seventeen. Well, before that, Peter said, you are the Christ. You're the son of the living God. Matthew sixteen seventeen. Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. So Peter was speaking by the Spirit of God. He was speaking something that came from a revelation from the Spirit realm. Amen. Nobody else got it. He said, you're blessed, Simon Barjona, because this came from the Spirit of God. You didn't get this from man or from flesh and blood, but you got this from God. Amen. All right. Then Matthew 16, 22. How many scriptures is that? 18, 19, 22, 1, 22. Five, five, five verses later. The wonderful Peter who just spoke by revelation of the Spirit of God. Look, the devil wants to get you to talk too. Look what it says. Matthew 16, 22. Then Peter took him aside because Jesus said, look, I'm going into Jerusalem. I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to be um, crucified. But on the third day, I'm going to raise again. Look what Peter said. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Peter is rebuking Jesus. Really? Really, Peter? Well, he's probably feeling all high and mighty because he was speaking by the power of God a minute ago. So he got a little spirit of pride on him. Took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, for this shall not happen to you. But, but he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You're an offense to me, for you're not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. And then Romans 8, 7 says that because the carnal mind is enmity against God, when your mind is thinking carnal, thinking fleshly, it's the enemy of God. So it's coming from your own mind, it's coming from a satanic force, or it's coming from the Spirit of God. Amen? All right, Romans 8, 7, because the armor, we already said that. Then 2 Timothy 2, 15, look what it says here. Be diligent to present yourselves approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Because the devil will even try to come and put the word on you. That's what he did with Jesus. He said, Jesus, throw yourself off the roof. He said, because it's written, he shall give his angels charge over you to, to keep you in all your ways. Jesus said, it's also written, don't put God to a foolish test. Get out of here, fool. Amen. Luke 4, 18 through 19. I want y'all to remember this, why the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, for you to go out those doors with power, for you to go out and get somebody for Jesus this week, that you just don't sit in here like a bump and then go home and sit like a bump for 
six more days and come back and sit like a bump again. No, but God wants you to get up and be filled with the power of God, the presence of God, the gifts of the Spirit, and go out and tell somebody about a miracle, wonder-working God. Amen? A Jesus who died for them. A Jesus who was raised for them. A Jesus who wants to lift them up and, and give them a good life and, and to make them a soldier in the army of the Lord too. Amen. Amen. Y'all going to go get your one this week? You going to go get your baby? You'll get two. Raise your hand if you're going to go do your job this week. I'm going to get somebody. I'm going to at least talk to somebody this week. I'm going to go home and take, biz- take care of business in my house. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get rid of some stuff in my house. Even if you got some old stuff, you got your, your astrology sign hanging up or your astrology keychain or, you know, what, do you know that, 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 what, what are those called? Those are your, your what signs? Zodiac. It's a horrible scope. Horrible scope. Yeah, get rid of that stuff because, you know, you're born again. Whatever personality I was born under, I'm not that person anymore. That person is dead. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. I've been born again. So if somebody asks you what your sign is, then you're like, well, what do you mean? Well, what? what's your birthday? Well, which birth? Come on now. <laughs> which birth? I'm born again. I'm a blood-bought, born-again child of the living God. Amen. Full of the Holy Spirit. Know the word of God. Rightly divide the word of truth. I'm more than a conqueror and I'm an overcomer through Christ Jesus. Amen. I'm dangerous. I'm laying hands on the sick. I'm casting out demons. I'm speaking with new tongues. I hear the voice of God and the voice of the stranger I will not follow. He leads me by the still waters and by the green pastures. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Surely only goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He anoints my head with fresh oil and and spreads a table before me right in my enemy's face. Hallelujah. He's a good God. He's a wonderful God. Can we just worship him for a moment? Would you just lift your hands right where you are and just tell him he's been good to you. Think about all the ways he's been good to you. He didn't leave you in your mess. He didn't leave you in your darkness. But he who is mighty has done unto you mighty things. He pulled you out. He lifted you up. You could have been dead sleeping in your grave. It could have been all over with for you. There's some people you know that didn't make it out. Some people didn't make it through some stuff you went through. Hallelujah. But but the Lord was on your side. The Lord brought you out. He lifted you up. He He gave you favor when somebody else didn't get no favor. He made your life into something beautiful when somebody else is still tore up. I'm telling you, He chose you. He anointed you. He appointed you. I'm telling you, He's a good God today. And you ought to take this good news to everybody that you know. If you know it, then you ought to go tell it. Go tell it on the mountain. Run and tell it everywhere. Go tell it to everybody you know, everybody you see. Let them know that God is still on the throne. I don't care what happens in Washington, D.C. I don't even care who gets elected. Because I know who's on the throne and who will always be on the throne. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. We bless your holy name. We glorify you. We magnify you. We lift you up and declare that you are God and there is no other. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Hallelujah. We bless your holy name. Glory to God. Glory to God. Lord, thank you for this word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, that we'll never go back to low living. We'll never go back to dead church. We'll never go back to anything we've ever been before. But, Lord God, we're moving forward. We thank you for this glory that is on us, for this real true word that has been spoken to us by your Holy Spirit. Lord God, make us different. Make us different as we go out this week. Give us a burning desire in our heart to do your will, Lord God. To reach out to those who have no hope. To reach out to those that are suffering and dying and sick and lonely and depressed and afraid and don't know what to do. God, may let us be your hands extended. Let us do your will, Lord God. May we hear your voice and instantly obey. Hallelujah. May it never be business as usual. May it never be like it's, like it is, like it ever was, God. May we never go back to that. May we never go back to dead, low living. 
But God, raise us up. Oh God, we dare to say, raise us up, Lord God. Raise us up to another level, to another place in you that we've never been before. Lord, dare we say that no one in the earth has ever been before? We want to go to another level, Lord, in you. This end time revival, this latter rain in abundance, we call it down now for the harvest is plentiful. Lord, we pray for laborers to go out full of your word, full of your spirit, full, Lord, full of signs and wonders and miracles, Lord. When you speak, when we speak, you speak. When we touch, you touch. And you confirm the word with signs following. Hallelujah. Lord, may we never be the same. May we never be the same. Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Fill this place, Lord. Fill us. Fill us with your glory. Fill us with your spirit. Fill us with hope, Lord God, where we feel like we have no hope. We always have hope in you. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Anywhere we're struggling, we absolutely trust you, God. Anywhere we don't understand, we trust you, God. We trust you with all our heart. We lean not to our own understanding, but in all our ways, we acknowledge you as being the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and you will direct our path. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We worship you. We glorify you. We glorify you in Jesus' name. Glory, glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, maybe you're here this morning. You say, Pastor Sally, I know I'm not right with God. I'm not right with God, but I want to be right with God. Y'all be seated for just a moment in this place. You say, Pastor Sally, I know that, uh, go ahead and be seated. You say, Pastor Sally, I, 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 I know that I'm not living for him like I should be. I'm not living my life for him. I know him. I love him. But I'm not really living sold out to him. You say, Pastor Sally, would you pray for me this morning? I, n- I need you to pray for me this morning. Listen, I'm telling you, if God is pulling on your heart and tugging on your heart to, to, to come make things right with him, you ought to obey that voice. We're not promised our next heartbeat. We're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised. Today is the day of salvation. In fact, that scripture is actually translated now is the day of salvation. Don't wait. I'm going to lead you in a very simple prayer. That's you. You want to receive Christ. You want to, be, you want to let him be the Lord of your life. This happened for me 25 years ago this month. In fact, right about now. 25 years ago this very month, I was 31 years old, and I knelt down in my closet, and I threw my hands in the air, and I said, I'm through running. I'm through running. I can't do it my way. It doesn't work my way, God. I've looked under every rock, and it ain't there. I gave him my heart. I gave him my life. I went all in. All my cards on the table. I'm all in, God. I'm not holding anything else back. I'm all yours. And I gave him my life. I gave him my life and I let him be the Lord. I came to church every time the doors were open. I I spent time in his word, learning who he was. Stuff I never dreamed was in the Bible. I learned about him. I learned his word. I got filled with the Holy Spirit. God called me to preach. Can you believe this little crazy blonde-headed girl? God called me to preach. Hallelujah. And I've just been on this path for 25 years. There's been ups and there's been downs. There's been things that have happened I never thought would happen to me. But they did, and here I am. I made it through. And I'm telling you, it's a journey that everything won't be perfect, but you won't be alone. You have a mighty God on your side who will be with you through it all. So I'm about to pray. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. You say, Pastor Sally, pray for me. I want to give God my life. I've tried everything, and I'm ready to give Him a chance. I'm ready to give it all. Go all in. Push all your cards and all your chips in the table. He's Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. He wants a complete commitment. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Here we go. Just say this prayer with me and really, if you mean these words in your heart, everything's about to change. Your name will be written in the Lamb's book of life. You'll be a brand new creation. So say this prayer with me. Say, Father, I confess to you that I am a sinner. I have messed up, sometimes on purpose and sometimes 
I'm sure I just didn't know. But I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry that I've turned away from you. And I believe that you sent Jesus to die on the cross to pay for my sins. And I believe that you raised him from the dead on the third day. And I believe that he's alive right now. Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. I push all my chips in the table. And I'm going all in. I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you everything I have. Jesus, take the wheel. Teach me. Guide me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I'm trusting you alone to save me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, listen, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it in your heart, you got to let somebody know. Nobody gets to sneak into heaven. So I want you to just take the little connection card that you that you got uh, in your welcome packet, and if you would, just fill it out. Make sure you put your phone number on there so I can call you and congratulate you on your decision. Then on the back is a place to just put a check mark that says, Yes, I choose Jesus as my Lord. And then I want you to take this card over here um, to Ernest, and he's going to give you some information because you, you, now you're starting on a path. And you need to know what steps to take. And there's some information I want him to give you along with a special gift, um, a Bible if you don't have one, and then a little confession card so you can begin to confess the Word of God over your life. Fifteen Freedom Truths want to give you that too. Amen? All right. So it's a good day. It's a real good day. Can you give the Lord a hand clap?